When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live with another episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, how are you? I feel like I haven't seen you since last week. <laughs> Such a long time. Well, I'm good. I got my giant mug of coffee, and so I'm ready to rock, man. Let's go. Yeah, coffee is life right now at this point, uh, especially this early in the morning. Although it's 1122 on the East Coast, so I really shouldn't complain as much, but... Got a lot to talk about. Make sure you guys like this video. Subscribe to all three channels as we're on right now. Make sure you're subscribed to the Gold Standard Podcast Network, wherever you get all your audio podcasts. So first thing I want to kind of step uh, start off with, Steph, and, uh, you know, we don't have to spend too much time on it, is uh, J.T. O'Sullivan's video of uh, Kyle Shanahan. So I want to preface this discussion with the video being a part of a bit of a tradition now that's going on with JT O'Sullivan in terms of his videos on April 1st. So let's take you back to two years ago. Last, uh, no, two, two, it is two April Fools ago when the quarterback controversy about Justin Fields, Mac Jones, all of these guys, everything was up. He put out a video basically speaking to the, let's just be frank, the dog whistling of how black quarterbacks are evaluated and why they're always talked about with the same things, whether that's one read, all this stuff, any of those things. And, and, kind of just made jokes about it, but also had good evaluations in there. So this year, his attention turned to Kyle Shanahan. And he dressed like Kyle. And I think it's a little weird that I didn't realize how much he looked like Kyle. Yeah, um, lightweight. Right. He definitely <laughs> did, right? And 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 shout out to our guy Patrick, shout out to Sam. He uh he got uh he got in, in into the video itself, right? With one of the tweets. So um for me, I really just uh took it as a bit of an April Fool's joke. There were some jabs in there for sure like it felt like JT wanted to get some jabs in there as well too but what I felt was really actually impactful from it was while he was giving some of the blame to Kyle Shanahan in terms of the quarterback injuries he did give examples of the injuries of why it fell on other players Trent Williams Debo Samuel in certain places so I did think that that was impactful stuff I know you didn't really watch it too much but this is this something that people should really be taking seriously or is or are they going too hard for the April's fool April fool joke I mean, it's all it's all fun and games, right? But I'm glad that he did add, you know, that context because, as we know, like J.T. O'Sullivan is a very respected guy as far as his like uh, evaluation of quarterbacks and the videos he puts out, great work. And so, I think for some people to hear it coming from him, I know we've been preaching this for a long time now that okay, Kyle Shanahan is not to blame for these injuries, but I think hearing it from someone else who's like well respected as well from the outside. I think could give fans another perspective, but yeah, I, I couldn't watch it. Like I started watching it. I was like, this is a little cringe. Like I, mm -hmm. I, that's the reason why I didn't watch it, but it was cool though. He had, he had the whole like Shanahan fit on like mm -hmm. the, the, what the letter, what the bomber jacket, 
the hoodie, the hat, man, I didn't know it was so easy to copy a swag, but uh, it, it is pretty basic, but it's it's also, it's it's got style, you know what I mean? That's my coach. That is my coach, man. And I'm still on the I'm still on the train of the the best outfit he's ever worn was the CJ Beathard year when they went to Green Bay and he wore the black Shanna hat with the black uh jacket and the black hoodie. Mm. I was like, yeah, that that's it right there. That's the one. That um I do think he said something to the idea of the the drop back passing isn't as sophisticated as his play action and run games. And I think that's not uh, a crazy criticism or anything like that. Um again, I do think that it's important to understand that while these injuries are going to fall on the coach because of one thing, it's not necessarily the play call. It's more about the execution because Trent Williams doesn't get down the block for Trey Lance because, you know, Tyler Croft didn't um, necessarily block very well. It's not necessarily that he chose to block with a tight end too. Is that the tight end too whiffed on his block? Who are you more mad at the play call or the player? So there, I think that that was the good part of it. What I took away is that sometimes we do have to look at the players at times, as opposed to just throwing it at the feet of the coach. Now, does the coach bear some responsibility when it comes to execution? Absolutely. Who's the one who's preparing these guys? It has to come back to him in some way. But I do think that this video was a bit eye-opening, so you don't just run to actual, like, oh, it's all the coach's fault for this. Well, there's things that lead up to it. Everyone's enamored with the result. They just don't understand the process and what's really supposed to happen on some of these plays. So I think that was really good to see in that video. But overall, more of a joke than anything. But I do think there was some good stuff for you to take away and look at in case you're still upset about the way that the season ended, in my opinion. Why do you think that Kyle's dropback game, his passing game, may not be as sophisticated? Do you think that's more so a reflection of the quarterbacks that he's had in the system? Because I I don't know if it's just because of Kyle, right? And Because he's a genius, as far as I'm concerned. Right, that's the thing, is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not exactly, you didn't want him necessarily turning his back, drop backing all the time. You right. you had to you had to go through the way that you get guys open, whether that's rub routes, whether that's motion, whether that's, you know, using play action. I, I just don't think that it's something, the idea is to use the run game to get the play action open. And I do think that the quarterback, whoever it is, Lance Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, has to do with that. Um, if he had a straight, pure drop-back passer, and I guess this is a perfect way to segue into this next topic, um, I think that he would be able to to change that. Not to say that Brock Purdy isn't, but he's still mm -hmm. stuck with those things because he was protecting a rookie, and he wanted to make sure the rookie was in his best spot. And who can argue with the results? I mean, they were putting up points in bunches. So, um, Speaking of drop-back passes, Steph, you and I were at the Combine. And this is something that's just come out again, but I feel like it was already out during the combine. So our good old buddy, Mike Florio, who's a friend of the pod, friend of Rob Guerrero, um, he, uh, he reports that the 49ers at the combine were still sniffing around Kirk Cousins. Now, this is the 49ers version of the notebook. You're in a relationship <laughs> with someone else, but I'm not going to stop pursuing you because you're what do you want? Tell me what you want. It's not that easy. Tell me what you want. That is Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and Kirk Cousins. But Steph, what did you take away from this resurface report about Kirk Cousins and the 49ers linking up again? Uh, I, I know that you said you, you understand the context behind mm -hmm. why this was getting popped up. And so I don't know if I, if I know that. So, mm -hmm. you know, after I, I speak, please enlighten us, but I, mm -hmm. I don't take it too seriously. I, I think at this point, it is kind of what you said that everyone knows that Kyle Shanahan is just 
in love with Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, you know, and he will not let that dream go. Even if it's unlikely at this point, he's going to continue thinking about it. You know what I mean? So I think that's all it is. I don't think there's any truth to it actually being something that happens. You know what I mean? For the same reason that I think the 49ers mentioned, like they wouldn't pursue Lamar Jackson. I think they, it wouldn't make sense for them to pursue Kirk Cousins, you know, cause you think about the contract that he would, um, need you think about the the drip the the draft picks that you know that would oh, cost the drip. As well the, the drip, drip yeah definitely. so the 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 white socks and the sandals the <laughs> the chain the chest hair yeah uh-huh. um but you know what I mean so it's it's like I I don't see it happening and I think now that we know this was of course before we knew like what Brock what what the surgery with Brock Purdy was going to look like and the recovery time and all that I think now that we know I think that's kind of off the table, but it, it it's going to continue to be a running joke. And I'm sure it's a joke among league circles as well, you know, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of the talk as well. Steph, that's it. You nailed it. That's the context behind it. It's the timeline, right? We're at the combine. John Lynch speaks and he says he doesn't know what's going to be happening with Brock Purdy. Well, of course, there's going to be connections to the 49ers and Kirk Cousins just based on that. You don't need to be an insider to put that together. But what Mike Florio is saying is that the 49ers actually were gaining steam about talking about it because there was a bit of a fear that maybe Brock Purdy was going to be injured and out for the entire year. So the timeline matches up. I want to tell 49er fans this. When you hear things, it shouldn't get you completely upset. Sometimes it's very easy to just look at right away what the timeline is. And it does make sense. John Lynch literally talked about, we don't know what it'll be until the doctor so-and-so gets in there. And I feel like that with all players. So the combine is where the meetings of the minds are. I mean, for God's sakes, we spoke with Kevin O'Connell when we were there, just bumped into him while we were having a beer at the place. The entire football world is there. Of course, there's going to be discussions. The only person that wasn't there was Kyle. But there's always going to be those sort of discussions. So when you look at the timeline, them not knowing what what was going on with Brock, the, the, the fact that everyone knows that Kyle's enamored with Kirk, it's not so far-fetched. So, again, it doesn't it doesn't mean that just because you disagree with it that you need to just fly off the deep end and just say, oh, God, I hate this guy. Why does he always keep doing this? Sometimes it's it's actually right there in front of you to figure out. But, again, Brock's going to be fine. It sounds like a six-month timeline. This is a non-issue. Though I'm not sure why this is coming back up right now. Exactly. And I, I'm not sure either because, yeah, it, it came out during the combine. It's coming back again. I didn't really notice it or, like, there was a lot going on during the combine time. So I don't think I really noticed it then. So, like, I saw it now and I was like, mm, that's weird. Like, that doesn't really make sense. But, you know, whatever. It's 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 done now. I, I don't think the 49ers are even looking his direction at this point. It made sense then. Doesn't now. Let's just move on. Yeah, absolutely. Kirk Cousins, the one that got away from Kyle Shanahan. Absolutely. Some other 49ers news. Uh, Trent Williams had a trigger in his contract, which put $10 million in his pocket and essentially locks him into the contract for three more years. So there was a lot of talk about Trent Williams being in retirement mode. It sounded like when Trent Williams was able to walk that back, he talked about a two-year thing. The three years, I wouldn't be so wrapped up in because if he does retire into that third year, it would, you know, the money would go away, right? Like, and, and I'm not certain how the salary cap works, so I, I guess I should refrain from saying that. But I do think that this deal, Trent Williams is, is the perfect encapsulation of why this Super Bowl window is probably one or two more years. There's no way that you can have the left tackle that you have, who's the best in the world, many consider the best to ever do it, and think that when you move away from him, 
you are going to upgrade. You are not. The 49ers are the only team that can go from a Hall of Fame left tackle to a better Hall of Fame left tackle. No disrespect to Joe Staley at all. When you look at these pieces, that's why you've got to strike now while the iron is hot, while this man is playing as well as he is still into his age. So Trent Williams, a bit of more, a bit more of a rich man stuff. <laughs> yeah, he got swag too, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. I've ever seen an offensive lineman which with as much drip as that man. And so happy he's on my team as well. But, uh, you know, I find it interesting, you know, the whole talk about Trent Williams. And we know that retirement is coming soon for him, right? I feel like, yes, we've been talking about the 49ers needing a tackle. But this whole time, like we've been talking about right tackle. I feel like if the 49ers bring in a tackle, like not enough people are considering the fact it could be for left tackle and they may feel good with Colton McKivitz being the right tackle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think they, they might even come away getting two tackles who knows, but I know the 49ers are sniffing around on offensive linemen. So yeah, the, I think they're going to be looking at contingency plans in this draft. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're looking at their, their plan of the future for sure. Makes sense. And again, this is why you have to strike when the iron's hot and you can't just say, well, we'll be back next year. We'll be back next year. The league is catching up. Guys get older. It's a physical game. George Kittle spoke about the the whole idea that now the NFL is adding a second Thursday night football game and saying, I go through a car crash every single week and the preparation that I put my body through every single day to get back for Sunday is brutal. It's hard and no one has any idea. The NFL Cares about player safety? Absolutely not. They care about the almighty dollar. Sorry, had to get my dig in on the NFL. Steph, there was something else that came out. Um, there was a rookie EPA per play chart, and we all know how we love advanced analytics. And I think we we set our watch to them, and they're the tell-all, they're the end-all, be-all when it comes to all of these things. Um, and I think Rob has the chart if he, he'll pull it up while we're while we're talking. But Rock Purdy was actually second on this list of EPA per play Zoom for in, quarterbacks. Rob. In their rookie year. Yeah, just a little bit closer. Um, <laughs> so the, it's funny, right? So Dak Prescott's number one. This is great. Dak Prescott's number one with a 0.24 EPA per play in his rookie year. But that's over almost close to 700 snaps. What's mm-hmm. the one thing that you're noticing with Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, and Mac Jones, number five also, by the way. What's the one thing that jumps out at you, Steph, from these five guys? I mean, look at the the snap counts, right? The mm-hmm. the number of plays, and especially Purdy and and Watson's numbers, right? Uh, not a lot of uh, not a big sample size there, and so I think that works favorably for them. Also, as we know, over time, the more time that quarterbacks play in the NFL, the more tape there is going to be on them. We saw, I think, mm-hmm. progressively defenses being more prepared for Brock Purdy and what he does well and keen in on those things. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think with more snaps, that number is probably going to go down, but I mean, it's great. Even it's great that with a small sample size, it looks good. You know, a a lot of these quarterbacks are are pretty good (laughs) that are at the top, but uh, yeah, he's, he's going to have to keep it up. And that will be the question, right? Is this level of play sustainable? That's, that's Mm -hmm. the, the big question. And we'll find that out. See, that's the thing is 281 snaps for Purdy, 283 for Deshaun Watson, and they're both pretty similar when it comes to those things. But I want to take a look at some of the names here. Mac Jones, who necessarily didn't have a good second half, a second year, and a lot of that has to do with play calling and weapons. I understand that, you know, fully didn't necessarily play his best football either. Let's just, you know, 
keep it fair. Baker Mayfield in his first year, and now he's on his third team. Um, you know, and then you start to look at the bottom. You know, in their first year, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you know, Daniel Jones just got paid. Kyler Murray, right? Like, it kind of looks funny. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, is, is near the bottom. He's behind Sam Darnold, 49ers legend Sam Darnold. Um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is at the bottom here. So, like, why am I bringing this up? It's because people at the top necessarily aren't viewed as the the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, Dak Prescott, I mean, of course, he's one of the better ones, but I wouldn't say that he's elite. Carson Wentz had a very good year, and then that was it pretty much. Justin Herbert, I think, is getting to that elite status. He has to do a little bit more in the playoffs for people to consider that. Joe Burrow, I would say, is elite. He's there. But then you got guys like Baker Mayfield, and then you got guys at the bottom here, you know, within the the middle, 10 to 15, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. I think they're elite. I think they're very much elite. So all this to say what? To say this is a good sample size. Brock Purdy was incredible when he played. But, again, this stat feels a bit not flawed, but it's not the end-all be-all with EPA per play, right? And again, if you're operating the offense offense efficiently, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're driving the boat. It just means that you're you're hitting the throws when they're open. And I think we kind of saw this with he will not be named um, the quarterback that was here before as well, too. He had a pretty good EPA count. Um, but I just I just did think this was very interesting because it does highlight how well Brock Purdy play, played, even with a, a small sample size. I'll also add, and, and Lee brought up a good point here in the comments, Dak and Purdy had complete teams. Some of those teams were rebuilds. Speaking of the, mm -hmm. you know, the other teams that their quarterbacks a little, little bit lower. I would also say some of those other quarterbacks who we now see as great quarterbacks today, they needed more development time, right? So they oh. weren't, they, they weren't like at the top of their game, you know, coming in their rookie year. As we know, Brock Purdy, four-year starter, um, and so you know, he came in with a lot of experience and clearly that translated over to his play with the 49ers as well as, as well as being a complete team that he was a part of probably one of the best, uh, best skill position groups in all of the NFL. So, um, I think he definitely had that going for him too. And so it begs the question, like, is this Brock Purdy's ceiling that that's what I wonder. I, and I kind of want to say that it is not to be unfair to him. Cause like, it is a small sample size. He hasn't been able to show us what he could do beyond that quite yet. But, you know, looking at the context of, of what he did, you know, I, I think he was in a really good position, right? So I, I think this, this might be his ceiling. It might be. Breaking news, you heard it here first. Steph Sanchez says quarterbacks, when they get reps, develop and play better. Write that one who down, knew? folks. That, who, knew? who knew? Unbelievable. <laughs> I needed to hear that. Um, <laughs> Steph, something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, Nick Bosa was pulled over in a traffic incident. Nothing crazy, right? Wasn't driving drunk or anything like that. But you had to kind of know something was coming. So, Steph, why don't you take us through your process when you see this Nick Bosa video and, and what you do when you get ready to do your impression of him, which is so good. <laughs> well, you know, as soon as I see any clip or or as soon as people send me clips, because that's usually how I find out about new oh, I love that. videos. Like, people just tag me. I love the suggestions, by the way, so bring them on. And he honestly is no he gives me like no shortage of content because he himself 
is just a content machine. If you think about the way he talks, people, he wasn't drunk, but people thought he was just because mm -hmm. that is how he talks, people. Like, he, this is him in real life. And so it makes it so easy to just be entertaining by just talking like him. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, that's that's all it is. And I, I've said it before. Nick Bosa, he's a mumbler. You can tell he's maybe a little introverted a bit as a recovering introvert myself. Like I identify with that, you know, I, I feel like I can get into, into that mode rather quickly. So that's kind of why I'm able to do it so well, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So those two things together, they work pretty well. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I see you slipped it in there at the end too. And it's it's just if you think it's an act, right? Like if you think it's an act, I think that traffic stop is really good. I just found it funny that he's like, I have a driver's license, driver's license uh, appointment. Um, like, you know, I'm and he's like, forty niners. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, where's your license? To where's your registration for the car? He's like, uh, like it's almost like Nick had no idea what no was the clue. process, right? Like, no like what? Like you need your registration, you need your insurance, <laughs> all of those things. Like you actually need that. Like, listen, incredible football player, but in the real world, buddy, you still need those things, man. They're not just gonna yeah. say, hey, you're an incredible defensive end. I don't need your license <laughs> of registration or your your insurance. It's just, it seems like. There's a lot of people that don't understand that when people are very good at their craft one way or another, right? Uh, you know, musicians, actors, you know, football players, basketball players, any sort of any sort of activity like that. When you put in so much work and that is your life, sometimes the little things in life escape you mm -hmm. because you haven't been practicing them. Right. Like you have not practiced being pulled over. You have no idea what the process is when it comes to that. You kind of just walk into the dealership and say that one. Here's the check. <laughs> I'm going over here. Right. Like us real people, we have to we have to barter and, and negotiate, you know, with how much we want to pay per month. Can we fit this in our budget? Not so when you are rich off of football. So well, also, again, I, also, to your yeah. point, like football is Nick Bosa's entire life. Yep. Like, I can't imagine how long he's been playing. It. I'm not sure as a child, clearly. But also, it, I think it's just everything about him. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's why, like, during the season, we called him a serial killer because he's just focused on one thing, which is getting the quarterback and becoming a better, you know, pass rusher. So uh, credit to him, man, but you're going to have to get a little bit better at those traffic stops. Have your insurance ready. Have your registration on hand, sir. But no, it, it was so entertaining. I, I'm glad that, you know, he, he gives us entertainment and content. Great content. It and I love uh, this name on YouTube. Relax, bro. Says Bosa saying he was with the 49ers was kind of funny. Almost like he's going to say, oh, oh, you're Nick. Wait, Nick Bosa. Like, I, I would have noticed right away. Obviously, I'm a 49er fan, but it wasn't going to get him out of that stop. Like, that's definitely not enough. So um, I just do think that was funny. Either way, minor situation. People get pulled over, you know, all the time for either not signaling. I mean, hell, I just did. And uh, I got hit with a pretty hefty fine. But, hey, whatever. That has nothing to do with anything, right? I, I don't play football, so they wouldn't, like, let the fine go or anything like that for me. So No, you should have uh, told them. I'm, I'm, I have a podcast. Have yeah, a uh, I'm Jason Aponte of Gold Standard I'm Podcast Network. <laughs> but do you know who I am, pal? <laughs> the guy would have been like, now step out of the car for that. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. So, staff, we're getting closer and closer to the draft. Getting very, yeah, it doesn't yeah. use turn signals exactly. Uh, it was just one time, man. It was just one time. Um, so, for me... This is getting closer and closer to the draft. Uh, the 49ers don't have a first or second round pick. It's forced Steph and I to kind of go deep into the weeds when it comes to prospects. So easy when you have a first round pick. You're looking through blue chip talent. You're trying to figure yeah. out where that is. Thank God, hopefully, next year we can get back to that because that would be awesome. But they need it. 
draft crushes. Now, first of all, I think there's this like knife behind the, the 49ers fans' backs. And the knife is a third round running back. And I think a lot of 49er <laughs> fans have have really have really accepted the idea that the 49ers will be drafting another running back in the third round. Steph, talk to me about who the 49ers have actually met with that play that position. I mean, he's he's joking, by the way. That no, no more running backs in the I didn't third say round. I wanted that. I didn't say no. I wanted that. A lot of 49er fans are, are just <laughs> setting their watch to it and they don't care at this point. They're just it's like, so... you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me if I know what's coming. It's so funny because every time I like post that the 49ers met with a running back, I just get people like, no, like not another running back, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be off the team in two years. Like outrage, outrage. And then the like you're the one day, making the pick. Like you're the one yeah, meeting yeah. with them. <laughs> and then the other day I posted like, okay, they met with uh, Cameron Peoples out of App State. He's a third day guy. And everyone was like, oh, okay, okay. I, I like that. That'll work. He'll be on the team. It's like it's just funny people's perception of uh, running backs on this team, but yeah, they'll they'll definitely I think either draft one late or get an undrafted free agent. I feel like they always look to get running backs just because they go through them, you know, so quickly. Injuries happen and all that, um, but it will just be a rotational piece. Now, positions that I'm looking at, obviously, like tackles. And tight ends is kind of the biggest thing that gets me excited uh, leading up to this draft. I mean, I just uh, – Justin M. on Twitter. I don't know his full name. I think it's like Moreno it's or Justin. something like – Imagine you know, Imagine Dad Nation? No, no, not him. Uh, shout out to him, though. I, I love him. But You mean Billy M.? No, I'm talking about uh, – here, I, I just posted it. Um, it literally on Twitter, his name is Justin M underscore NFL. He okay, <laughs> so he he writes for like the Titans, but he's also he also works for the Draft Network. So he interviews a lot of prospects, and in that he he gets information on who some of those prospects have met with. Zach Koontz, tight end, Old Dominion. We like yep. him. Yep. Uh, he met with the 49ers at the combine, which we knew, right? But mm-hmm. uh, Justin said that in this interview. Zach Kuhn said he he recently met with or had Zoom meetings with several teams, tight end coaches, including the 49ers. So that's some breaking news real quick. The, the Just real, Kuhn's real quick. hive is buzzing. buzzing. Also, I like uh, Tyler Steen a lot out of Alabama. You know, a lot of people are mentioning names, uh, tackles for the 49ers, rightfully so. Blake Freeland, uh, Wanya Morris, a couple names that get brought up. I'm not hearing enough people talking about Tyler Steen, though, so that's that's one name to look at, someone who the 49ers met with at the Combine and the Senior Bowl. We'll see if if there's some top 30s um, going around. As of right now, I think the only top 30 visits that we know of are three. Mm-hmm. Antonio Mafi at a UCLA, offensive lineman. Yep. Marty Mapu, Sac State, baller. Uh, he's a linebacker. Um, and then safety Jordan Howden out of uh, Minnesota. So keep an eye on those. Cause that's usually like, if you look at who the 49ers have met with in the top thirties, that's usually who they end up drafting more likely than not. So keep an eye on some of those names uh, as, as those names start to come out more. Some breaking news real quick. Uh, this is great stuff for, for being here on the live podcast. The Raiders have signed veteran quarterback, Brian Hoyer. Sounds like Josh McDaniels is getting the band back together. Back up for Jimmy G, <laughs> Brian Hoyer. <laughs> um, and uh, this just came across as well, too. Uh, you know, more Florio bombs. 
Uh, Mike Florio has said that the Patriots shopped Mac Jones to multiple teams. The Raiders, the Texans, the Bucks, and the Commanders were mentioned. The Raiders kind of make sense because of Josh McDaniels. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Texans make sense because, I, I mean, Casario wasn't there when they drafted him. The Bucks make sense because there's no way unless they want to try to, you know, fight for Caleb Williams, will they just be starting Kyle Trask and having Baker Mayfield behind them? And the Commanders, it's uh, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, if I'm not mistaken. So that kind of feels all right. But, yeah, Brock uh, – Brock, uh, Brock Hoyer, um, Brian Hoyer. So trade for Mac. Who says no? I say no. I say hell no. No, thank you. I don't, I'm, <laughs> but I'm Jay, good. Jay, who do you think will get traded first, Trey Lance or Mac Jones? Mm, neither, neither of them. I just find I, I find it hilarious though, because everyone was like, "Oh, the Forty Nineers should have picked Mac Jones. She's a better quarterback." And then here well, we they... are. Bill Belichick agitated with Mac Jones, wants him gone. I mean, but at the Steph. same time, <laughs> Trey Lance also in the position that he's in. So maybe maybe the pick should have been Justin Fields this whole time. Steph, here's the funny thing is <laughs> what what Bill Belichick is doing right now is making an example of Mac Jones. He didn't like the way he was conducting himself in his second year, yelling on the sideline, all of those things. So he's just saying, you know what? You don't fit. I don't care. I don't care what you've done. Nothing is bigger than the system. Nothing's bigger than the system. Nothing's bigger than what yeah. we built here. So you can get out. My thing is, is this, the 49ers with Trey Lance, and we're going to pivot because I want to talk about draft questions. I don't want to keep talking about the quarterback position. The 49ers are surprised that the project quarterback they drafted is a project. Right. If you didn't want the project, Mac Jones was there and he could have started right away. Miscalculation, miscalculation, miscalculation. That's the name of the game when it comes to the quarterback position for the 49ers as they continue on. But draft crushes, and uh, I want to stick with tight ends as well too because I feel like they need to add – another tight end who can actually catch the football um, and, and do it consistently and is actually a threat down the field. No disrespect, Ross Dwelly, but I, I'm good, buddy. I think we know uh, what, what we're getting from you at this point. My guy is Will Mallory um, from Miami. Where's 85? Rumbling down the field. Kind of looks like George Kittle, but his metrics. It, you mentioned Koontz. It's Will Mallory, Koontz, and Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, Steph. He's for the streets. Like he's he's not ours. he's not he's not for us. Um, so he's definitely gone. He was the fastest. Will Mallory was second, and Koontz was third as far as 40 40 yard dash speed. Will Mallory was just wasn't a part of the passing game, but he can get up the seam. I love him so much. Again, for a lot of people who say, "Well, you can't play here if you don't block," explain Ross Dwelly. Um, and if you if you need to develop something else, um, you know, let's just say explain Charlie Warner because he's the blocking tight end and he can't catch. So for me. Um, I understand the schematic point of it. It's hard to take Kyle Juszczyk off the field, especially because he's so important to what you do in identifying man. Um, and there's only so many positions out there. But, man, would I love the idea of Kittle, Mallory, Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy, whoever, you know, as the quarterback, man. I think it, mm. it's going to be a nightmare to try and cover all those guys. So, yeah, I've kind of had my eye on tight ends. But for me, for me um, – don't block means doghouse, though. Yeah? Explain that to Ross Dwelly. Explain that to Tyler Croft. I don't know, man. Doghouse only matters for the people that, you know, one guy can whiff on a block and and, and Kyle's like, oh, it's cool, man. Get back out there. You got this. One guy <laughs> takes one step wrong on a route, go into the doghouse, and you're never going to see the other. That's always been my biggest complaint with, with Kyle is he never, ever keeps it the same with all players. It's one player. Brandon Ayuk, you're a baller. But you know what? You didn't run fast enough in practice. I can't throw you the football anymore. He's but Charlie Warner tough. drops a Charlie Warner it. drops a pass wide open down the middle of the field in Atlanta. Nah, man, it's cool. You can get back out there, buddy. Mm, I'm good on that. I, I I don't believe I don't subscribe to the doghouse thing anymore. About if you don't block, because if that was true, 
almost every single player that makes a mistake would have to be, you know, be thrown in there. But yeah, I definitely like Will Mallory, man. I just, again, play to his strengths, get him out of space, put him on a linebacker. He's not going to be able to be covered. And after the catch, he's very good as well, too. So that's the guy that I'm kind of looking at. And I'm going to go a little bit off script here. I have my eyes on a, on a, on a cornerback, but I think sadly stuff, I think he's for the streets as well, too. So I was going through mock drafts and the name um, Eli, Rick, Eli Ricks from mm-hmm. Alabama. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. my goodness, man. So he played he played at LSU for three years. He goes to Bama and transfers there for his fourth year or his third year because he's a true junior. I'm sorry. So he played there for two years and he's a true junior. And he only played in the last seven games uh, of the of the year. And he just has the chance to be the best corner in this draft. And I think after his pro day, because he didn't work out at the combine, which kind of left him like laying in the weeds. And that's when I started to really look into him. But I see a guy who's incredible in man, in zone. He breaks on the ball. He's a dog in the run game. He has amazing ball skills. The reason that I'm thinking cornerback is this. And this is, you know, Diamondo Lenore played very well. Let's not, let's not, you know, bury Mm -hmm. the lead when it comes to that. But Diamondo Lenore can slide right back into the slot. You're talking about starting Eli Ricks and Mooney Ward. And the other thing I want to point out is this. When you look at the cornerback depth after Mooney Ward and a man and not Emmanuel Mosley, I'm sorry, I wish he was still here. And Diamador Lenore, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Um, you don't like Ambry uh, Thomas, dude. The Niners don't like Ambry Thomas. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. they're literally they're literally turning to Man, everybody. They they're literally turning to everybody but Ambry at this point. Think about yeah, it, right? I know. For good reason. So when when right. Mooney got hurt, when when Emmanuel Mosley got hurt, right? Lenore goes out there. Even in that Atlanta game, when Mooney left that game, Samuel Womack went outside, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it wasn't his best showing, right? So it doesn't matter what I think about Ambry Thomas. The team is telling you what they believe about Ambry Thomas, and I think that 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 stretch of play that you saw, you know, in the year that the 49ers played the Rams in the NFC title game, was a lot of masking that you know with the fact that you know you have this incredible pass rush and they weren't really throwing the ball his way and you know he did make a great play in the in the final game but the nfc title game it kind of really reared its ugly head because he's playing 10 15 yards off of odell beckham and odell beckham's just killing this team by just getting underneath him and just catching seven yard slants that are going for 10 15 yards so yeah i mean the team has lost confidence in him i mean you would have thought that he was the de facto ready to go next guy up and in training camp, it just wasn't there. Like, it didn't matter who he was covering, unfortunately. So, for me, I just love the idea of having a cost control stud like Eli Ricks if you're able to get him. And you probably won't be able to get him in 99. You just have to push up to go get him. But I'm starting to think about this cornerback depth on this team and getting a little bit more worried about it just because there has been a sample size of not, you know, not playing well, right? And and when you're yeah. out there, the one thing is, is cornerback is a confidence thing mm-hmm. right we saw with yeah. akello weatherspoon akello weatherspoon would have stretches where he was the guy and he's stomping around and he's flexing and he looks great we also have other times and thank you for the donation tl uh keep up the good work stuff um you go over you go over the top on him one or two times and that's it the, the confidence is gone right yeah it's kind of it's kind of what we were seeing with ambry and camp confidence gone it didn't matter who was in front of him. it's not like it was brandon Ayuk. if it's brandon Ayuk who was baking everybody who was in front of him because he's a baller and he was he was just on one and can't it's one thing but it didn't matter who was in front of him so i don't know uh specifically to fix ambry i don't know about that uh they brought him in to be the defensive coordinator and he's a secondary guy i don't think every time is going to see the field and i do think that they knew they need more proven commodities hi marcus peters if you're watching would you like to play football for free for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so just my thought. 
But you know what? I, I do like the fact that Wilkes being here, clearly he has things that he likes to have in his secondary, which is versatility. We've seen it with some of the, you know, free agents that they've brought in this off season. And so I think he has a clear vision for what he's looking for. And, you know, that should be exciting to fans as well, because in this draft, I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to kind of retool the depth that the 49ers have. And it's going to be with a clear intention in mind. And so I think some of these guys are going to hopefully stick around. But yeah. We'll I'm, and and again, like the whole idea is he's a secondary guy. So if there is anybody who can help him regain that, it's it's him. But for me, when you have a blue chip guy who could be there like Eli Ricks, I don't really care to develop him anymore when you can have a set it and forget it starter um, mm-hmm. across and you can build up. You Like I know Isaiah Oliver is here to be in the slot, but I would give Lenore the, the first shot again because he's earned it. He's played very well and he actually did well in the slot. He took the job back from Samuel Womack and forced himself on the field. Um, if you're talking about a combination of Eli Ricks and Mooney Ward starting right away, and obviously I'm probably just talking myself in circles because he's not going to be there at 99, and the 49ers are most likely not targeting him because, you know, who gives a damn what I want? But I'm just thinking about, like, what could make this defense a little bit better, especially if right now, for all intents and purposes, your edge situation, aside from Nick Bosa, is a little bit of hope and wait and see. And I didn't know we were getting an appearance from Simba. Simba, what's up, buddy? <laughs> He's he's got some opinions, you know. So he does? he's here. Yes, he does. Simba, what did Kyle what does Kyle need to what does Kyle need to do better? All right. Come on. Nothing. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Um <laughs> thank you guys for tapping in on all the channels. Make sure you like and subscribe to all the channels. Steph's channel, um Steph49k, mine Jason Aponte, that's where you can find it and the Gold Standard Pod Network. Wherever you get your audio podcast, make sure you're subscribed to that. But make sure you're subscribed to all three YouTube channels. Make sure you're following all of us on Twitter at Steph49K, at Jason Aponte2103, and GS Podcast on Twitter. Steph, it's been good to talk with you. But hopefully next week we'll have some, like, actual news to talk about. Yeah, right, right. All right. Uh, For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace.